Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are ya? It's time for the tech news for Thursday, April 28th, 2022. And we're going to start off with some news about Meta. The company had its first quarter report, and the results gave new confidence to investors. Now, you might remember that we found out that by the end of last year, Meta had seen a decline in users for the first time. And that coupled with a couple of other tough pills to swallow uh, ended up being a big shadow across the company. Uh, And those tough pills included stuff like Zuckerberg acknowledging that TikTok was far more effective at attracting young users than than Meta's properties were, uh, including stuff like Instagram and uh, Facebook. And that Meta had been spending billions of dollars on its metaverse plans, but those plans are not going to come to fruition for several years. I mean, Zuckerberg himself said 
it will be many years before this becomes a revenue generating part of the business. This is literally us building it out. And uh, that meant that for a while, folks were kind of seeing doom and gloom for the company because, again, so much of our focus is on the short term. But now Meta reports that they saw an uptick in users this past quarter. There was actually an increase. Now, The Verge reports that the growth in users, while definitely being there, is still the lowest growth rate in the company's history, with the Facebook app growing by 4% in the first quarter. The company also revealed that ad revenue is likely still going to be fairly soft for the next few months, largely because of how Apple updated iOS so that users can opt out of some tracking data that Meta had been relying upon in order to deliver targeted ads. Targeted ads have super high value to advertisers. So without that guarantee, then Facebook, you know, they can still sell ads, but the targeted ads were the ones that were bringing in the most money. So it means having to sell kind of a lower tier advertising uh, because of this issue with Apple. Interesting to me that investors appear to be responding more to the uptick in user numbers than in the announcements that revenue might still be a bit slow. Also, Zuckerberg indicated that the company is going to ease back on some of its expenditures this year, probably because a lot of folks don't really like thinking about long-term investments and they prefer to see numbers go up quarter over quarter. And Bloomberg reports that the easing off is a is a relative thing, really, that apparently the target spending for the year was somewhere around a staggering $95 billion and now is going to be somewhere closer between $87 and $92 billion, um, which, I mean, again, that's from the Bloomberg report, and that's just bonkers to me. Anyway, it continues to astound me how a company's share value can fluctuate dramatically over metrics that, at least to my eyes, don't seem to indicate actual real success or meaningful growth. Like if it's not bringing in revenue or if it's not bringing in, uh, you know, a, a, a uh, an equal amount of revenue compared to the growth in users, I don't see where the value is, but then I'm not a finance person. And I fully admit that uh, I likely just don't have a good enough understanding of investment. This is a me problem more than, say, a meta problem, I guess. Now, I do have another meta story, and this is a positive one, and I know, I'm surprised too. But some researchers with Meta's AI division collaborated with researchers at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, to tackle a hard problem. That's a pun. You just don't know it yet. And that problem is finding ways to make concrete that end up cutting way back on carbon dioxide emissions. There's a huge carbon footprint in concrete production. I actually did an episode about concrete not too long ago and talked about how the production of cement is a really carbon-intensive process. Uh, Concrete production contributes about 8% of all carbon dioxide emissions globally each year. So finding ways to make concrete, which is undeniably useful stuff, I mean, it's important, while also cutting back on CO2 emissions, would be a huge important component in our plans to achieve a carbon neutral status in the future. But a huge challenge, a huge problem is that there are multiple variables that you can tweak when you're producing concrete. You could break it down and say that, 
Concrete is essentially made up of four things. You know, it's like water, aggregate, cement, and typically some other uh, uh, substances that uh, allow for the creation of concrete, which means that you can tweak those different factors, right? And in, uh, in different measurements and determine, all right, well, let's see if we put less cement in and more of this other stuff in what happens. But because you've got four variables, there are a lot of different ways to play with that. And that is one of the reasons why it can get really challenging because you guys spend a lot of time playing around with all these different uh, variables. So the researchers used AI to train a model on 1000 different concrete formulas and then derive what would be, you know, likely to be the most efficient approach that would still yield a strong and reliable concrete because Sometimes you can change this stuff up and you will get concrete, but it takes too long to dry. It's not as strong. And yeah, maybe it didn't create as much CO2, but it might not be useful. So they fed all these formulas into the system and the system itself produced new formulas. And the team picked the five most promising ones to continue testing and tweaking. And they modified the AI generated formulas slightly to improve them. And ultimately the team created a new formula that could replace up to half of the cement needed to produce any given amount of concrete and instead use other materials like fly ash and slag in its place. In addition, the formula was supposed to exceed all strength metric requirements, uh, which it did. And that meant that the concrete produced should be more than strong and resilient enough to serve as concrete while that cement requirement is still reduced dramatically. Meta then teamed up with a concrete company called Ozinga to refine this formula even further and to move into real-world testing, because it's one thing to say that mathematically this is what it means. It's another thing to actually find out in the real world. Uh, there's still more work to be done, including finding out if there's a way to create this kind of concrete that dries a little faster, because that would speed up construction efforts when you're making use of this concrete. Otherwise, you have to wait for it to, to cure while... Uh, you know, before you can start laying down more. Here's some Elon Musk Twitter news that has nothing to do with him buying the platform. So back in 2018, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, charged Musk with fraud after he tweeted that he had secured enough funding to take Tesla private. Uh, the SEC's allegation is that Musk had not actually secured such funding and that the announcement ended up having a massive effect on Tesla's stock price and that Musk was essentially manipulating the stock market, which I should add is a big no-no. So there was a lawsuit and ultimately Musk settled out of court and in the process he signed a document that required him and Tesla to each pay $20 million in civil fines plus Musk had to step down as chairman of Tesla's board of directors, and from that point forward, he was supposed to seek pre-approval for any tweets he was going to send out that related to his businesses before he actually posted them. Well, recently, Musk has been trying to get that settlement thrown out, but a federal judge has said, no dice, it stands. The judge argues that the SEC's allegations were fair and warranted, and that Musk has no evidence that he actually secured the funding he said he had, and that he signed this settlement voluntarily, and he must therefore abide by its rules. The judge also wrote, quote, Musk may wish it were otherwise, but he remains subject to the same enforcement authority, 
and has the same means to challenge the exercise of that authority as any other citizen. End quote. Right to repair advocates in the United States can celebrate a victory. Apple has now made self-service repair for iPhone 12 and 13 models available in the United States. That means that Apple will allow people to order repair manuals, proprietary tools needed to access Apple products, and even official Apple parts through the self-service repair store. Now, that's not to say that your average iPhone user is really going to be able to pop open the hood and change the air filter on their phone or whatever. You get what I mean. Making repairs will require a certain level of knowledge, skill, and expertise, so it's far more likely that independent electronics repair stores will make use of this offering, giving iPhone users options when it comes to fixing problems with their phones. Apple later plans to roll out similar offerings for Mac computers, and this is a pretty big step for Apple, which for years has attempted to maintain a walled garden and require users to go through Apple and Apple alone when it comes to repairs. So, good job, Apple. We've got a few more news items to get through, but before we do that, let's take a quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. 
explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Down Under, Amazon has declined to acquiesce to the government's request to take a look-see at the company's product search system and algorithms. So the government wants to see if Amazon favors its own in-house products over third-party merchant products. In other words, giving itself an unfair advantage in the Amazon marketplace. So this is the same accusation Amazon has faced in places like India and the United States. Amazon has refused to share that information, or at least declined to send it to the Australian government, and the company denies that it has ever given preferential treatment to its own products. That's not likely to fly for the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, or the ACCC. Uh, Now, one thing that is very much different in Australia compared to some other markets, like specifically the United States, is that Amazon is still a relatively young player in that country. And in fact, it's not the largest online market in Australia. In fact, according to the ACCC, Amazon brought in just one quarter of the sales that eBay saw in Australia last year. However, the ACCC is concerned about any platform that engages in what it views as anti-competitive or unfair practices, even if that platform isn't as dominant down there as it is here. Now, the only other thing I know about Amazon in Australia is that the company has seen a lot of returns of boomerangs, but then I'm led to understand that's what they're supposed to do. Related to Amazon, let's talk about Twitch, because Amazon owns Twitch. According to Bloomberg, Twitch is considering a couple of moves that could dramatically impact streamers and the experience of watching live streams on the platform. First is that it sounds like Twitch wants to encourage streamers to run more ads during live streams. Obviously, that would generate more revenue for the platform. And uh, another possible strategy is that Twitch will change the amount of subscription revenue that streamers get to keep. So right now, if you subscribe to a Twitch streamer, let's say that, you know, you, you chalk over six bucks a month in order to follow a particular streamer, the streamers keep 70% of the revenue generated from audience subscriptions to their channel. But according to Bloomberg, Twitch is considering dropping that down so it's a 50-50 split. 50 go to the uh, the streamer and the other 50 goes to Twitch itself. That is probably not going to go over so well with the streaming community at large. Certainly not for some of the more active streamers who really depend upon Twitch for their livelihood. Now, whether this might prompt an exodus from Twitch to other platforms like YouTube remains to be seen. For some, like some of the really big ones, they might be signed to exclusive contracts that lock them into Twitch for a while. Um, For other ones, more moderate 
content creators, it may be just a question they have to ask themselves. Uh, it also may turn out that the company will reconsider these moves, but they haven't yet been implemented. So there's no, you know, set in stone plan to go this way. Also in gaming, Axios reports that far-right extremism is growing in the gaming space and that the systems present in games are not up to the task of moderating players and addressing the problem. Axios cites a couple of reports. Uh, One came from the Extremism and Gaming Research Network, and it it published in December 2021. Uh, There was another report from 2019 from the Anti-Defamation League, and these reports paint a pretty troubling picture. They show that more than half of the people who have experienced harassment in online multiplayer games believe that they were targeted because of things like their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, and so on. The 2021 report indicates that games are sorely lacking when it comes to ways that they can manage the problem. This sets them apart from platforms like Facebook, Twitter, you know, other social network platforms that have spent a lot of money trying to deal with this problem to varying degrees of success, but the gaming space in general hasn't done that yet. Uh, There are also indications that white supremacist ideology is on the rise within the online gaming world in general. So it it does paint a pretty troubling picture. It doesn't mean that, you know, games are bad themselves, but rather there may need to be a shift in how companies end up moderating their players in their online platforms. In Michigan, several parties led by Ford and Sidewalk Infrastructure Partners have raised $130 million in capital funding to develop a connected roadway for the purposes of autonomous cars. So the roadway will connect Detroit to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And uh, it was previously announced in 2020, but the recent news marks the first time serious money is being put toward this project. So the goal is to create a dedicated roadway for self-driving vehicles, and the roadway will actually include hardware that will allow for communication between the vehicle and the underlying infrastructure. And this is something I'm really interested in. It's something that we've been talking about for years now, and and that's that most self-driving cars that we think about today, for the most part, they are largely self-contained systems. It's like having your own PC, right? And and not having it connect to anything else. The PC is able to do some incredible stuff, but it's restricted to its own abilities. So the car alone is responsible for operating the vehicle, monitoring the surrounding environment, avoiding collisions and all that kind of stuff. However, if you're able to pair an autonomous vehicle with a smart infrastructure, well, the vehicles on the road can communicate with the road itself and then also, by extension, other autonomous vehicles, which can allow for faster traffic, less congestion, safer operations, because like everyone knows what everyone else is doing already, right? All the cars are aware of all the other cars on that infrastructure and can operate at a higher rate of speed with a much, much, much lower uh, probability of something going wrong, apart from things like you know, like a flat tire, stuff like that, still obviously an issue, but that cars would be able to uh, react very quickly and collectively. So you wouldn't have things like pileups. Now, obviously, building out infrastructure is time consuming, it's expensive, and it's challenging. 
And we already have tons of roads here in the United States. And building out, replacing, or upgrading existing infrastructure, that's a that's a huge endeavor. Uh, anyone who has lived somewhere that had massive road work being done on a local highway knows that it can take an excruciatingly long time for that work to complete. Still, if this project in Michigan ends up being a big success, it could serve as a model for future projects leading to a more safe and effective autonomous vehicle ecosystem. Finally, over in the UK, the government is revising laws regarding public service broadcasting, and these laws will now also cover streaming services like Netflix, Apple TV, and more that are operating within the UK. So the rules will include a restriction on broadcasting quote-unquote harmful content. Now, I'm not entirely certain what constitutes harmful content, like what is defined as harmful content, but if a streaming service is found guilty of broadcasting harmful content within the UK, it could be fined up to 5% of its revenue. Uh, and it sounds to me as though the process is a viewer watches a streaming service, sees something on that streaming service that the viewer believes is harmful. The viewer then contacts the UK's communications regulatory agency known as the Office of Communications, but better known as Ofcom. And presumably Ofcom would then review that material to determine if it does in fact constitute harmful content and then take action. But I'm not entirely certain. I'll have to keep an eye on it. And that's the news for Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Hope you're all well. If you have any questions or suggestions for me, send me a message on Twitter. The handle for the show is TechStuffHSW. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 